I was reminded of Daniel. You know, Daniel, in Daniel 9, he gives this amazing prophecy of when Messiah will come. But right before that, also in Daniel 9, he says in verse 4, I prayed to Adonai my God and confessed, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and mercy with those who love him and keep his mitzvot, we have sinned and we have committed iniquity, we have acted wickedly, we have rebelled, we have turned from your mitzvot and from your rulings, we have not listened to your servants, the prophets who spoke in your name to our kings, our leaders and our fathers and all, to all the people of the land. You, Lord, are righteous, but shame covers our face to this day. Well, I can go on in that prayer, but I think you get the idea that God is looking down on us as a people, as a country, and he wants to see something. I'm not sure what yet. I don't know exactly what we can do to remedy our country's situation. I know we can pray. So let me just say this, that as this message, which is somewhat similar or very similar to the one I gave last night, because it's a message that I just really believe is so very important. And it has to do with waiting. It has to do with this waiting is something that God instills for us. It is a measure of faith, whether we are willing to wait or not. It's a measure of faith. And so we see that counting the Omer was 50 days of waiting for this day of Shavuot. It was a waiting, it was a time, and it was also, I mean, it's almost like Becca was reading my notes as she was talking about the pre-op. And the second point I wanted to make is we have to be ready to receive. And thirdly, I believe we have to understand that our expectations have to be encouraged. So often, somebody will listen to our expectation, and is there, nobody's named Debbie here, is it? Uh, and they're a Debbie Downer. And we can't have that in our lives we have to have hope. We have to have expectation. We have to believe that God is going to do something dramatic in our lives. And this appointed time, I believe, is also to celebrate not only the harvest of the wheat, but the harvest of souls. This is a time where God wants to pour out His Spirit and, and touch people so that they will know him. And so I am praying more intensely 
the, these past 10 days for me have been 10 days of intense prayer. I haven't allowed my mind to, to waver from the focus of what I believe God wants for me. We see other cases of people waiting and then receiving. Daniel, who oftentimes got exactly what he wanted when he wanted it, it was pretty amazing to know about dreams and other things like that, but there was this one time where he had to wait 21 days, and then he received the answer. Yeshua fasted and prayed after being immersed for 40 days, and then he was able to start his ministry. Some of us would think, okay, I got immersed, okay, let's get into ministry. But there was a waiting period, and that waiting period was not fun. He was in the desert on a mountain. And then at the end of not eating and drinking for 40 days, then the enemy comes and says, this seems like a good time to take advantage of you. And Yeshua said, no. And so three times he rebuked the enemy. The enemy left, and then Yeshua started his ministry. This is a good prescription for us. The ability to wait. The ability to be through in hard times and rebuke the enemy, cast them out, and then begin what God has wanted us to do for so long. It is hard to wait for revival. It is hard to say, I feel God's doing something, and here we are at Shavuot, and nothing yet spectacular has happened. There, we, you know, we haven't seen uh, the, the blind eyes opened yet, and the, and the ears unstopped, and we haven't seen... Uh, family members coming to know the Lord, that would be great. Those are the things I want to see. I want to see people healed of illnesses, though we have seen answers to prayer and some great answers to prayer. But I want to see a continuous move of God's Spirit where we're going to see the extraordinary happen on a daily basis. And so waiting for revival can be discouraging because you want it yesterday. At least you want it today. But God has called us to wait with expectation. He has promised the harvest. He's promised the transformation over sin in our lives. And probably one of the greatest sins in our life is unbelief. He's promised a new outpouring of His Spirit. He's promised manifestations as they were in the book of Acts. He's, if you want to hear about miracles, He's promised that Jew, Messianic Jews and Christians will be one in Him. That would be a miracle. In fact, talk about waiting. How many have waited for their answer to prayer over 2,000 years? No? 
Well, Yeshua prayed 2,000 years ago as we read in John 17 that we would be one. And it takes about five minutes of talking to somebody to feel that we are going to distance ourselves from them. Wow, how does Yeshua feel? Now, one of the questions about revival, and oh, by the way, let me define revival for me. Revival is an uptick in my intensity with God. How's that? Does that work for you? Nothing fancy, just an uptick. Something stronger, something more compelling, something more passionate, something greater than I was yesterday. Revive me today. Let something happen. And I've been feeling this over this 10-day period. I'm, I've got to be honest with you. So the question is, what comes first? My change or God touching me? Some people will say, God touches you first. Other people will say, I can't wait until God touches me. I've got to walk in that way that seems like revival. Whatever my picture of revival is, I want to walk in that way. And then God will meet me there. So I'm thinking that it's both. Sometimes, I remember, well, Becca, you, you tell the story when they ask you. Years and years ago, God met Becca in a supernatural way. I'm still kind of weirded out by it, by the way. <laughs> it, was, it was one of, okay, never mind. But you can ask her about it. It was uh, quite remarkable. And other times, we do that pre-op stuff so that God will lay his hands on us. I think they're both valid. What I think is not valid is to do nothing. That is not valid. If you are waiting for God to touch you before you decide to do things that look like revival, you might be waiting a long time. So we have to do something. Our actions are important. And so, yes, God will touch us because of his grace, but he also wants us, I believe, to work for it. So, I would ask you this. Are you willing to be like Peter? When I think of Peter, there's really one main story I think of. And I'm picturing this boat, and I'm picturing a storm, and I'm picturing Yeshua somewhere in the distance, and I'm picturing Peter going, I'm walking on water? Ah! And starts sinking. But Yeshua reaches out, and holds him up. 
but they're still on the water. They're still on the water. And I'm challenging you today, whether you feel tingly or don't feel tingly, or whatever else you're expecting to feel, that you need to do your part. You need to be like Peter and take that first step and step out of the boat. I love what David did with Goliath. He picked up five smooth stones. I mean, it was bad enough his brother said, what are you doing here, you little twerp? Okay, that might be a paraphrase. But it's a good paraphrase because that's, you know, they, they were almost having their own fight. And, you know, but Goliath was there. I guess he was the bigger problem. Any rate, so he picks up five stones. He doesn't go out with armor because that was too heavy. Nothing of this is making sense to anybody except to David. Certainly it doesn't make sense to Goliath. He's laughing. And so David says, you are coming to me. This is 1 Samuel 17, 45. You are coming to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I am coming to you in the name of Adonai Tzavaot, God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This very day, Adonai will deliver you into my hand. That's chutzpah. That's Peter walking out of the boat. That is the very thing that we are scared of the most, but knowing that it's got to produce results. And we're willing to do it. I love the story of Hannah. Are you willing to be like a Hannah who considered herself oppressed because she had not yet received her answer from God, which was a child, a son? And in 1 Samuel 1, 15 and 16, in response, Hannah said, No, my Lord, I am a woman with an oppressed spirit. I haven't been drinking wine or beer. Instead, I've been pouring out my soul before Adonai. Don't consider your handmaid a wicked woman. For out of my great anguish and grief, I've been praying until now. How many of you have great anguish and grief? Is that how you would describe the fact that your parents, your children, your siblings, whoever, are not, who, they don't know the Lord? Is that anguish and grief, or is that just, oh well, I've tried for 20 years, nothing works. Hannah is saying, I'm, I'm anguished, I'm grief, and I've been praying until now. That means I've been praying through all my grief. I have not stopped praying just because I am oppressed and grieved and, and anguished. I am praying. How many of you are going to be like Hannah and pray through the grief? I am grieved right now. I'm looking 
at our cities in this country, and I am grieved, and I am in anguish. I'm grieved because of the policemen. I'm grieved because of the rioters and the protesters. I'm just grieved. I'm grieved because of the Congress and the way they talk. I'm grieved because of the way the president talks. I'm grieved. It means I'm upset. <laughs> Leo said, what's grieved? I'm, but it's upset with a little hurt involved. It's not just being upset. And so what I'm saying to you is, I don't know anything I can do about that, except pray. That is the only thing that is my, my go-to to make things better. And for so long, when, whether it's a family situation or whatever it is, I have allowed the enemy to not only distract me, but to discourage me. And discourage me in such a way that I was not willing to pray. Or not willing to pray with expectation. I'm always willing to pray, but, but not with expectation. Not with belief. Do you realize when you read, uh, it's Mark 11, what's it, 23 to 25, he says, uh, Yeshua says, pray and ask and believe that you received it, and it will be yours. So I have to have hope. As Lilani spoke to the kids about faith, faith without hope is not faith. Faith is something that we don't see, and we maybe don't see the fruit of right away, or it might be years. But we have to be willing to wait with expectation.